Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's a beautiful morning it's in Lima, co- Minnesota. Coffee drinking type of morning. It is. Sleep in, have a delicious breakfast, and then do a fishing podcast. It's the perfect recipe. Mm-hmm. This is Walleye Talk. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm Will Newer. We're coming up on Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a, it's, it'll be a busy weekend. For sure. Weather's going to be beautiful. Yeah, the next week looks about as nice as you could ask it to. And uh, the rain is going to clear out, like, right when people are getting to their cabins. And beautiful day. Beautiful. I don't think we had enough rain to really rise a lot, raise the water levels, but it's enough to green up the grass and, I don't know, make a puddle. Yeah. But I, I'm fairly concerned about water levels for the next for the last part of our season, and I think, I think it's a legitimate concern. It'll dictate where we can go. I think we're just gonna have to be like, you know, p- folks are gonna just have to be flexible about where we get on. Primarily Leech Lake. Yeah, because there's the resorts are gonna have problems. Yeah. They're already starting to have problems, um, but there's two main accesses that we can use that'll that'll still be fine. Right. I think the Battle Point access will still be good, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then up at Federal. Sure. But I think it's also like only going to be a problem when you've got wind ripping into the big harbor mouth. So you just have to scheme. Like, you know, Pikedale will be fine with anything but a, a big west or a wind with west in it. Yeah. And we generally do get a fair amount of that in the fall. But, um, and who knows what will happen in the next month? Yeah. We hopefully. could get a couple of big days and right. it'll be fine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this week we're going to do a review, I'd say our week varied significantly from like a week prior well even like the day after we podcasted and and then yesterday or you know oh yeah how it changed changed a lot yep yeah um we're gonna go in depth on like how we're actually catching fish when we find them this is a mark pordek topic i think it's a pretty great question and it's something that like we both put a lot of thought into before like lines even get wet right and probably makes a big difference between catching a couple and catching a bunch. It's a, it's a big, like I've got, generally I've got quite a drive going to these lakes and that's what I think about. Mm-hmm. I think about how I'm going to go from catching four to catching 10. Yep. And, and especially cause you generally have a pretty good idea where you're going to find them yeah. and you've fished those spots many times in the past. Yeah. And I, you kind of figure out how they sit yep. and how you're going to approach them to right. get over as many as possible. Um, we got a groundhog day. We got what's coming this week. Probably should talk a little bit about MWC, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get out of here. Yep. Good one. We'll hear from Porter Doc first. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Porta-doc.com. Porta-doc.com. Find your local Porter Doc dealer today. Porta-doc.com. The unofficial start to fall has begun. Meteorological fall. The first hunting season has begun. Fall's here. Mm-hmm. Feeling, it's, feeling fall. Yeah. It, it's got, we, you know, because it's been so dry, we've got a few trees that are changing colors. Yep. Um, you go to the Boy Lake Access, there is a maple tree that is changing colors mm. in the parking lot. Yeah. It's just the first signs of the best season to come. <laughs> so much to do. Right. Um, we should maybe do like just an August recap with the weekend review too. If we awesome. Can. I feel like we've fished with a lot of podcast listeners in August. You know, like the Millers were up. Ken and Lee Miller yep. were up. 
Um, they Alders. always come in August. Or I think they came, no, they came in September, September last, last year. year. Yep. But came in August this year, brought us uh, Iowa beers and chocolates. The tree stand. Yeah. That was good. I just had the last one yesterday. That's good. My pregnant wife was very appreciative of the chocolates. And then we fished with the Algiers last week. Yeah. On the, the giveaway. It was it was awesome. Super fun. Yeah. Um, how was your week? Tell me how, how things went for you. Um, I had, so we had the trip with the, well, right after the podcast, we had a fishy evening that uh, they stumped me on. I, man, we sat over a bunch of them, and it was the day before we were fishing with the elders, and I, you were asking, like, where do you want to go? And it was a hard call for me because, the, like, I was going to have, we, we caught two that evening and sat over, like, a bunch of them. I bet we were over uh, at least 100 fish. One, wow. school, one school was gigantic, and they wouldn't bite, and then there were a few other schools, smaller schools on my usual spots, and couldn't get them to bite. We caught two right at the end, two nice ones, but it was a slow day, and then we decided to go back there uh, anyway, which is like, think about like the stress of this job, dude. Like, yeah. where, where do you, like, all right, we only caught two here, and we're going to take a couple, like, very... This is a need-to-be-a-good one. Yeah, I mean, we want them. We want them all to be good ones, right. but those guys deserve a nice one. They, right. They're both hardworking dudes and very supportive of our podcast. They have their own podcast called Dad Bod Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could listen to those guys for a long time. And they talk about smoking, smoking, smoking meats. 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 And thank goodness they brought us a sampler, because I didn't believe them at first. Mm-hmm. Like... Talk about smoking meats. <laughs> anyway, but they, they gave us a, a package of pulled pork, and it was simply sensational. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was really good. Yeah. My wife had a pulled pork sandwich, and she said, I feel like I kind of ruined it by making it into a sandwich. And then I watched her just, like, glob a bunch of pork onto a plate and eat an entire plate of just the pulled pork. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, preg- pregnant wife. <laughs> I've never, I've never loved you more. <laughs> uh, so, just to sum it up, the the elder trip went pretty well. I'll let you go into detail on that since you were captaining. But I had a couple slower days at the near last weekend and the day after, I would say. And then uh, you got to like, I was like living vicariously through you with the first good fall bite. Um, I had a couple of days off and was like, it. I they were nice days off, but I was itching to be in on what was sounded like a bunch of fun for you. And first day back, I was able to do that. So it was a bunch of fun. Mm-hmm. Big swing from t- tail end of the week to where we're at now. Yeah, uh, the one we've been talking about for three episodes happened. <laughs> right, happened. it's it started. It has begun. Yeah, um, but it feels like it's two weeks behind schedule, but. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter because it's here now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the Alger's trip, which, you know, that was those were still summertime patterns. We were fishing summertime patterns, and, you know, it started out really slow. We didn't, we really didn't get many bites. We were over quite a few fish. Mm-hmm. And it then felt like- all of a sudden, the, we- the weather changed. We started spitting a little rain. Yep. Wind picked up. Yep. And we went from having one one or two fish in the boat to all of a sudden off of one spot that didn't have a ton of fish, mm-hmm. we caught five. I think or we caught most of the walleyes probably on that spot. Right, right. And it, I mean, I wasn't over a ton of fish. They just all bit, mm-hmm. and they were really nice fish. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we did some more driving, looking for a big fish, and they just weren't really hanging around. So we went over and we found some fish shallow. 
and uh, we caught most of, I think, all of those on a jig in the middle. They're in like eleven feet of water, twelve Thank feet of water. Right. Yep. But they were really spread out. Because Matt was still rigging, because and had he, the rig was. I mean, that's how we'd caught them all before rigging red tails, and uh, that didn't happen on that last shallow. I think spot. he caught a four pounder. Yeah. And then, yeah, we had a a school of four pounders we'd found, <laughs> and they looked really nice. They were all spread out on the side imaging, looked like a nice pot of walleyes, and we got in there, and they were all like fourteen inch. Four pounders. Yeah. So we uh, uh, we decided we were going to drive around some more because we were done catching these things. And we, you know, there was a few spread out on this flat before we got there. And Dan was jigging, and he set the hook. And, you know, it, I was looking at the graph, but I knew where the four pounders were. I was like, well, this is walleye. So that's a walleye for sure. <laughs> and he catches it, and he's like, no, I think it's a four pounder. And he pulls it up, and it's a, it's a walleye. And then he puts on another minnow and casts it out, and I don't think he jigged it three times. And we were right over that school of four pounders. I was like, oh, and he sets the he doesn't even set the hook. I was like, that's a four pounder. He's like, no, this is a walleye. And he pulls it in, and it's a four pounder. Need, it was it was pretty good. Need to stop guessing. <laughs> but I definitely whiffed when you it was a perch, and I was like, oh, it's a walleye. Yeah. Anyway, but went two for two to start. I was pretty happy. Uh, and then I had some really slow days. I've spent a lot of time out on the Longville Littles. I haven't been on Leech lately. I'm going to be on Leech this weekend, but um, I've been on the Longville Littles, and I had a really poor, really poor Saturday, Sunday it was. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I don't know. One of those weekend days, it was really poor. Uh, panfish weren't even biting very good. Um, Sunday. It Sunday was, morning. It was, it was Sunday was morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was over quite a few fish. You know, I'd get it where they bite a crawler and they just drop it. You know, like that's clearly a bite, feed it in line, pick it up, and there's nothing there. So had that happen a few times. And if you go into the shallows and there's not even bluegills biting, you know you're that's, just... That's it. So like I was doing a fish catching morning on a pretty good fish catching lake and was not having a great fish catching morning. And like you can translate, like that's what I was doing. I was translating it to like, well, doing a walleye thing is probably a hard thing to do right now. Yeah. It was. And it got a little bit better in the afternoon. Fish started to bite a little bit better. But that wind blew like 40 miles an hour. It wasn't 40, but it was blowing hard. Yeah. And I, I you know, was using the big motor, kicking it in reverse, and I was still going forward. So that's that's pretty. That's probably too rough to catch a fish yep. in on the lake I was on. Right. There's some lakes you can get away with it, especially if you're in shallow water. This isn't one of them. Sure. They were sitting in 18 feet of water. It's just too deep for what I wanted to do. Right. Um, but it did get better. And then the next day... Things just changed. It was like the whole start. I think we ended up catching eight walleyes that day. Mm-hmm. Um, one particular spot we caught them on night crawlers, but then the every other fish I found, we caught them all rigging big minnows. Um, started to be a few creek chubs around, so I bought some creek chubs, and that was awesome. Yeah. And we caught that day. I think we caught twenty friggin' smallmouth. <laughs> it was awesome. They like they like the minnows a whole bunch. A whole bunch, yeah. like way more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the last day I was out there, no, not the last day, I had a full day out on this lake, and uh, we caught a bunch of fish rigging crawlers, and it was, that was the first day I filled out um, a six fish limit in, in a long time, and it was mm-hmm. very fun. Um, caught some, and we caught, I think, four big fish out there, which is not common for, right. for out there. But so. My buddy Luke Edelman, who 
he had the same thing over the weekend. He caught a bunch of big fish out there, a lake that isn't really known for kicking out a bunch of big ones. And he was jig wrapping, mm-hmm. which would probably be a pretty effective way to to be fishing them right now. It's hard as a guide, more and more as a guide, I just don't, I rarely even get it out. I don't either. If I, in like right now, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to pitch a jig at a minnow. Sure. Um, you want a skill that can like quickly translate, translate to your, your, your anglers and a jig wrap is not always it. No, nope. you can, you know, if we're fishing together, we can do it very easily. Mm-hmm. But if you try and you try to explain it to them, to somebody and it, it, it is just very difficult if you're not familiar with how, to, how a rod, how your particular rod loads up, moves. It's, it's just hard. It's hard to explain. Right. And you, you know, you can't, uh, you can't not have a couple of rigs in the water right now. Mm-hmm. So you're asking somebody to jig wrap. That's what I have been trying to do is try to get one guy who's game to do a little jig wrapping. But then you also have to, like, they have to be aware of the of the rigs, you know, like those two don't get along very well. Right. You can't let them, or it's not, you know, a common thing for me to do when I'm jig wrapping is to drop on a particular mark when I go over it. And you can't have the guy doing that because right. there's a couple of rigs dragging through there. It's just, yeah, I use it less guiding. I still use it all the time when I'm just driving around fishing, but less when I'm guiding. Yep. Um, and the other day... I was out looking for some new water, looking at some new territory, and I was looking over a bunch of rocks, and I found some nice marks. So I dropped down on them, and I was in like 27 feet of water on some boulders, and they were monster bluegills. (laughs) There was a pile of monster bluegills. (laughs) You think you're good with your graph, and then you sit over a school of bluegills thinking they're walleyes. They were big bluegills. Good marks. (laughs) They were, they were, I was like, oh, this is school eaters. No, nope. oh. well, they were eaters. <laughs> they just were <laughs> the wrong species of eaters. Right. <laughs> That's not what you, you... You're thinking horse, not zebra in 26 feet of water. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. I thought yes. maybe it could be a rock bass. Then I pulled it up. I was like, oh, big mother hen. <laughs> <laughs> so, but overall, it was really a good week, and it was... I can't imagine it's just going to stay strong. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have ebbs and flows, but it's going to, it's going to be strong. Yeah. Yep. Um, crawlers are bigger, bigger piece of the, of the day, I would say, as we were predicting, which is nice. It's cheap. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to have the chubs with. I for sure have them with. Yep. And it seems like when things get a little bit slower, that's when they, they work better and better and better. Sure. Like, as the day goes on, it's they're going to generally eat a minnow. Yep. Same characteristics that I that actually I assigned to a jig wrap, I assigned to a chub right now, right? Like, probably not going to win the day, but can help kick you up a couple fish, you know, uh, if you're sort of timing when to use it correctly. And, cause it, and they generally lead to nicer fish. Not always. Some of those 14 inches are eating eat them, that too. Bottom. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Should be a good week, though. Let's take a break, and we'll get back to it. This week's episode of Walleye Talk is brought to you by the Muskie House Marine in Longville. As sad as it is to say, it's time to think about boat storage. They've got excellent boat storage options. You want your boat tucked inside, maintained every once in a while, have that crew check the batteries, do things like that. They've got options. They can also wrap your boat if you'd like. Lots of storage at uh, the Muskie House and great winterization skills from that whole crew. Stop on in, talk to Choney, check it out. (laughs) 
Well, this is a topic that was... I had a buddy of mine, Mark Pordek, he's been on the show. Uh, he's a big big listener and a real good tool that I use for for insight. And he, he had a, an idea for a topic. Well, he's got a couple ideas for topics. He's going to be on the show eventually and want to go through some of that stuff. But uh, he wants to go in-depth on how we approach fish once we find them. So go through a scenario how we approach catching more than just a couple. Okay, so like I'm going to just take a spot that right now has been holding a bunch of walleyes and like say that they're there, right? So you pull up and you're driving driving a brake line and you see a couple, your brain goes, okay, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to fish this. I usually tell people that right away. I'm like, there's fish here, we're going to fish this. And then I say, but I'm going to drive it a little bit longer just to see like how they're laying out and how I want to fish it. So I do that, I drive the spot completely once and then turn around and drive it back. Usually what I'll do is set up so that when I do when I complete that, drive it once, drive it back, like if I had to pick a direction to fish it from, right? Say you have a southeast wind, I'm going to generally fish the spot from the west edge to the east edge. You want to go into the I want to back troll into the wind. So I'm going to start by driving it from that from my where I want it, where I think I'm going to start it. Drive it drive it back, then I'm set and ready to, to fish once I have completed driving it twice. Then, like, looking at the depth, like, you know, you get a line as to where they're going to where they're gonna be. Either you drove it and you drove right over them. Um, then you've got a line down where you, you know, you've got two lines down so you can sort of backtrack along the red. Um, otherwise, maybe they were off to the side and you can make a plan based on where they were, either dropping waypoints or this spot, like, I feel like I know it well. I don't put any more waypoints on it. I just sort of make a mental note. Because mm-hmm. usually where the pod, like if there's a shallow pod, they're on one of my existing waypoints. Right. There's, you've already, you already have four different clusters of waypoints. Right. You're like, okay, they're on the top side of cluster A, right. bottom side of cluster B. There's none on cluster C. Right. But. Yep. And then uh, usually take a little time to explain to folks what, what we're going to be doing. And then... Uh, try to hit I try to hit on like major mistakes I see people make that's like I try to get that like in their head right away because I am like I'm right now I'm pretty confident that when we stop somebody's going to get a bite in like five minutes Mm -hmm. um and don't want to miss the first one um then take into consideration like where three or four lines are going to lay out in your boat right whether or not I'm going to fish or not um more and more these days I don't right um and just focus on watching rod tips and, and especially if there's people. three, mm-hmm. I, I'm not even thinking about it until there's a couple in the boat. Right. Yep. And then uh, try to have like try to be very close to like one particular pot of fish. Um, you know, ideally it would take me like thirty seconds to a minute from when all three or three lines are in the water until I'm over that pot of fish, and a lot of that is jockeying while I'm rigging, right? Like either using your vantage to sort of hold you in place or kicking your outboard back in. So like I don't want to have to travel, especially when you're rigging a half a mile an hour. I don't want to have to travel 30 extra yards to get to my school right. of fish, um, especially right For away. For a couple of reasons, right? Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, especially on the specific area you're talking about, there's, there's people fishing it usually. Mm-hmm. There's usually somebody coming in at a mile an hour 
with a Lindy rig. Right. Zigzagging around through there. Yep. And those fish can also move very easily. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. So, and often, like especially right now, uh, in the mornings, like your first pass is probably going to be your best pass. They're probably going to be no super, super cooperative right away. And then 15 minutes later or a half hour later, not so much. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's, let's make it count right let's away. That's the same thing I get asked about dropping line for 10 seconds, or if we get if we miss a couple, I extend it out to 15 seconds, and they're like, God, it's a lot of time. Aren't they going to be choking on it? I'm like, well, maybe. I hope so. But we're going to be cutting most of these fish up, and um, like all, all that dropping line does is like maybe 70% of the time it doesn't matter, but that means 30% of the time it does, and that's the difference between 7 fish and 10 fish. Yep. Um, and that it's probably more than that, right? It's probably more especially like especially with the way they've been behaving. Mm-hmm. They've been some of them just absolutely obliterated. Yep. And you don't even have a chance to set like is they're already hooked. Right. But there's been a lot of them where it's just like a tick. Mm-hmm. I would bet that one that's gonna choke on it chokes on it like in three seconds. Yep. And there's nothing you could really do about it to to not have it be buried in their guts. I bet the ones that are hooked on the corners of the mouth are the ones that are you're dropping line for a very long time. Very long time. And like those are the ones you should be feeling lucky that you got. Yep. And like that's the reason the system's in place. Yeah, it's uh but it that's what makes it so fun. This is what's so rewarding about this time of year is you're earning it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't come very easily. Not everybody's coming into the fish cleaning shack with you know, more than a half dozen walleyes. Right. You know, if they come in with four walleyes, they're feeling pretty good. And yep. you, you should. Sure. For sure. But th- you can really hang your hat on uh, for doing well th- right now. Right. If you go out there and you clobber the tar out of them, you should feel really good because you earned it. Right. But I think if you're doing that, it's like highlighting what we're talking about. Like you, you are probably capitalizing on like the best half hour and getting yeah. like lots of your bites in the best half hour instead of like consistently picking up one or two, you know. Like, we were just talking about it. Like, we want eight fish right now off of that, off of the first pass and drift, probably. Yep. And then we might not catch one for, like, an hour and a half. That happened to me. Yeah. That day we, we ended up, I think we ended up catching 15 or so. We caught eight in that first hour. Sure. And then it took us seven hours to catch seven <laughs> more. Right. Yeah. But that's the way it works right now. Yep. And you've got to just, you've got to capitalize on these little bite windows. And some of these fish have crazy bite windows, mm-hmm. right? So they'll bite maybe right away in the morning. But I went back and checked that spot another time, middle of the day, and they were still there. Couldn't get them to bite. Sure. But I came back two hours later, and we got three more to bite. Sure. It's just, you, they got weird bite windows, mm-hmm. man. So don't, you have to capitalize on them, and you got to really be disciplined about staying over those marks. Mm-hmm. You have to be disciplined. Right. And... Speed is a, is one thing that I, I would, you don't want to go too fast right now. And you want to make sure your stuff is up off the bottom. Mm-hmm. It, there's I, some, and there's some junk around still. I have not been bit, you know, I, cause you could tell when people are dragging, those people are not getting bit whatsoever. It has to be up, you know, a couple of those times, I think the, like, those people were up a foot or two. Sure. That's, and that's, they were getting bit more than, more than I was being six inches off bottom. Sure. It's very important. Yeah. And then, like, little stuff with, like, your crawler, you know, making sure your crawler's not, like, helicoptering in front. Like, mm-hmm. uh, hooked hooked well, appropriate sized hook, and, uh, yeah, all that stuff, I think, matters a bunch right now. 
I do one last detail about like the spot in general. Like, are you going to be able to fish it in two directions or are you going to, does it make more sense to drive back down and, and back troll again or however you're going to do it, but having a plan for fishing a spot in two directions, yeah. um, what's the best way to do that? And that's a hard one to call because I do sometimes think like the direction the bait is moving can matter. Um, especially on brake lines, sometimes I think they like it sliding up the brake, even if they all are all are stacked on the brake in 17 to 19 feet. Sometimes I feel like they want it going up or down, and if you get the wrong direction wind, it makes a lot more sense to work it along where all those fish are. You know, you like want your draft busy the whole time. Yep. Um, that can be a headache, but more and more I've you know I I'll try it for about a quarter of a drift, and if it doesn't work. I just, I will pull the plug early on the drift because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not seeing the fish appropriately. Um, it, it, I feel like it's a big waste of time. Yeah. So I'll just pull the plug and say, okay, this isn't going to work. We're going to just drive around winding your stuff. Yep. You know, give me your minnows, you know, make sure your crawler's good. And it's a good time just to check. For sure. It, it's good for maintenance. Yep. Yeah, I do feel like, especially rigging crawlers, like you can have a, you don't have to worry about it dying. So you can have it on your hook for a long time, mm -hmm. and it, so it's easy to uh, drag junk around or have something happen down there that you know you uh, you're not aware of. You know, maybe it got clipped by a crayfish. Maybe they're dragging a crayfish. You know, lots of stuff that can happen, and you might not see that crawler for 15 minutes unless you okay. sort of build in a system of checking on it. You know? Right. And I, if you're working, if the wind's not perfect for a drift too. Uh, and you have to use your trolling motor to keep yourself on there, and all the lines are dragging two feet apart, not even. Mm -hmm. That's a good. That's a good indication for me to let's just go back up and pull it again. Sure. Especially if you got a bunch of bites that first pull. Right. There's like don't mess with. We're this not wasting time. No. We're only increasing our time of catching fish. Right. Little less time with lines in the water, more time with lines like doing what they're supposed to. Correct. To catch them. Yep. It's. It's an efficiency thing. Mm -hmm. um, but we should probably go over, like, a, so when we had that Elders trip, that was a good representation of, of how we got more bites, right? Because we, we could have just settled and probably not get that many bites, but being disciplined in our driving, mm, right? Sure, yep. So... Yeah, that, yeah. We... We went, and then, you know, there's probably, what, eight different spots that we checked, maybe? Yeah, six, even six, six different probably. spots. And, you know, it was, it was a no pressure, no pressure day as far as they didn't want to keep any fish. Mm -hmm. And that was great, you know, it feels, then we don't have to worry about getting eaters. Right. You just want to get fish in the boat. Right. So, but we wanted to make sure we were over a bunch of fish. Mm -hmm. So we drove, and you were there the day prior. And we drove the first three spots and never released. We never, I don't think I saw more than two or three fish. Sure. Now, I know there's people who just fish structure, and I, I was one of them for a long time. But now we have the opportunity to do more than that. We can combine our, our electronics with our, with our intuition. Right. So let's do it. Yep. And we, we drove and drove and drove. We probably spent the first half hour driving. Mm-hmm. And finally, we got to a spot where there was a handful of marks. Right. And we were, we left, when we left that day, when we left that spot, we were still going over fish. Sure. But you got to 
kind of figure out when it's time to pull the plug, even while you're over fish. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out. You're just not getting bit very often. Right. But, uh, sorry, is that your well. sister again? <laughs> um, yeah. We've talked about the discipline driving thing a lot, um, and that it does make a big difference. Also, like, to free yourself up to come back, to revisit spots, especially on small lakes where you it doesn't take you very long to get back over there. Like, they could show up in 15 minutes or a half hour, and we can come back here. There's no reason we can't come back. No reason we can't come back here. So... But I don't remember what I was going to get at. Phone rang. The only other thing that I thought was that's been unusual about that lake and was that fish, they were eating chubs on that lake, and they were, they were swimming up with them. Yeah. The goofy thing. I've had that happen on Pike Bay before, too. Where, where they just come up to the middle of the water column? Yep, and that was in, like, 35 to 40 feet of water, so you're, like... They're, and they're, I bet they're coming up 20, they were coming up like 20 feet. This was in a Cass Lake MWC with Lee way back when, and way up. <laughs> and these fish were doing the same thing. For some reason, they like would bite and then come up in the water column. I wonder if they're just trying to escape other fish. I don't know. Yep, I mean, that's like the one reason I think fish move after they eat, is they're trying to get it away from their buddies. And I don't know if that's true or not. It just sort of makes sense logically. <laughs> but yeah, we experienced that. I think the first fish we caught... Maybe not the first one. It was Mitch's first fish. Yep. Yep. Which was up a bit. But, but we caught some high-quality fish that day. It was super enjoyable. Yeah. It was, that was a, a fun, fun day. Yep. Yeah. Um, we could talk about this forever, but we should at least take a break and decide if we're done or we yeah. want to move on. I've got a guide trip out on Leech Lake on Sunday. And my plan is to go pull Secret Lake Tackle spinners in about 8 feet of water. Now, a lot of people put their spinner rig equipment away. This is not the time here to put it away. This is a time to exploit aggressive fish. And sometimes they just want it moving quick, especially when the water is pretty warm. So don't rule out your Secret Lake Tackle spinner rigs. Uh, you can stop by the One Stop or Full Stringer and pick them up. Hi, Dan. Hey. You know what time it is? Uh, no. It's groundhog time. <laughs> okay. It is October 1st. Mm-hmm. You're fishing Leech Lake. Wind's blowing really nice out of the, out of the west-northwest. Blowing okay. like eight miles an hour. Okay. You have to catch 15 walleyes. Okay. Without... Losing a, a jig. Oh, without losing a jig? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to do it? Okay. Um, Here's some stipulations. <laughs> right? You cannot lose a linder rig all, uh, either. Okay. You can't lose it. You can't get broke. You can't get broke off or bit off. Okay. Beautiful win, though. Man, yeah. Lots of, uh, yeah, lots of opportunity. All right. They want I'm not going to mess with the system too much. You're just going to roll the dice. Well, but I'm going to just up my mono. I'm going to go out to like an eight-pound mono. Um, Yeah. And I think I catch like, 
I think I think what happens is I I don't know if this is part of the rules. I think I I catch fifteen no problem, but I'm having such a good time out there that I just stay out there, and then I get bit off after like number twenty three. I finally catch a pike, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, we're good, right? Like that wasn't in the rule, and you're like, no, dude, you can't, you can't. Finish. You needed to go home. You needed to go home without losing the jig. <laughs> I'm also just, like, we've got lots of sand options mm-hmm. lately, so I think I can avoid doing the rock thing uh, and just have to worry about pike. So, going to focus on some sand spots. Probably my best sand spot last year, a uh, west-northwest wind is n- not my favorite wind there, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're still in there. Day one, like, I catch a bunch, but I get bit off and uh, have to do it again. I Darn think, it. Yep. this is one that i'll live through this one quite a few times october 1st yeah yeah Yeah. an eight mile an hour wind is really nice the bradco is out there yeah every everybody you want to see is out there oh yeah everyone's jigging you see just you can hear it even through that wind (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, yeah (laughs) and then day two just for just for uh fun and i'm gonna just fish jig wraps on on one sand spot to start with and see if I can't just knock out 15 really that. really really fast yep and that might work but let's say it doesn't uh-huh. it's gonna just be getting lucky with a with a, a heavier leader I think maybe even like fish and braid with like a 8 or 10 pound mono leader or floral leader so you're avoiding the rocks I think so I mean and you're maybe just fishing sand just gonna fish sand uh, if last fall is if this fall is at all similar to last fall It'll that be no problem. It's not going to be a problem. And there weren't a ton of pike issues on a couple of the, out of two of the three sand spots. And an eight mile an hour wind, uh, is it overcast or? Of course. Oh, it's okay. October. kind of don't want it to be. It kinda, is. kind of want it to be blue skies just so to like tamper down the pike a little bit. Yeah, and that's the day you're going to get bit by a couple muskies. And right. You right. wind it in and here's a muskie chasing your walleye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it takes me three days. The might be day two with the jig wraps. I'm not worried about getting bit off or broke off with those. That doesn't seem to happen very often. But that might not work as well. Um, I don't fish. You just don't need to fish them in the fall. Right. You know? so why, why risk a $7 jig wrap right. when you can use a 50-cent jig? Yeah. And then day three, it's just I think it's just probably a braided rod with 10-pound fluoro leader and a little bit of luck and a like more subtle jig stroke does it. Day three. This is a good time, though. It was a great time. God, I was out there all three days. I was fishing really close to you. <laughs> Holy smokes. I lost, like, 40 jigs because I didn't care. I did it in spite of you. And I did it all trying to flip in big walleyes. I was flipping them in, and I'd break off. And I'd be like, oops, Dan, I just broke off again. And I was hollering at you. Yeah, it's great. I could live through October 1st a lot of times and be real happy. That first week of October, I was just talking with the guy who booked a trip for the 4th. He's been up here like 20 years. The average high is 62 degrees or something. And it's like never that. When? It's never that. <laughs> it's either, I mean, you can get hot. Right. Um, it's either like, 70 or it's 50. Yep. 70 calm October 1. Uh, well, whatever. I'll I think I'd struggle on that. I struggle. There's some, some calm days where I think I'm going to crush still. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they'll still be shallow. And they're nowhere to be found. And I, I had just one me. of those last year. And it turned out to be like an okay half day. I think we caught like eight or nine or something. Come on. Sorry, folks. Sorry. Sorry. 
Uh, but the, if you can, like, scan them up and pitch on them. Oh. And they, like, last year they were moving. And, uh, you just had to, like, if you could scan and get a jig to them as quick as possible, you could get one of them to bite. They'd be in, like, little pods of, like, six. Um, that that was how we caught some. Oh, I just thought about another sand spot that I wonder if it's going to be, if it'll pay off in the fall. On leech, one you sent me in the general direction this spring. I did? Yeah. That's nice of me. I can't think of it. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Oh, yeah! Dude, for sure. Okay. They have to be there. There's probably a million of them. There's probably a million eaters in there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's right in the grounds. I think that would be great. Oh, yeah. All right. One more break, and then we'll finish her out. This week's episode of Walleye Talk is brought to you in part by Woman Lake Lodge. Um, For those of you just finding yourself on Woman Lake, enjoying a beautiful day of walleye fishing, whether or not you're staying at Woman Lake Lodge, they've got a good dock system. They're pretty well protected. Not a bad pit stop. Pull in, maybe gas up the boat, run across the, uh, the street to grab some donuts, maybe some apparel. Doesn't You don't have to be staying there to enjoy this beautiful place. So, uh, if you're out there, stop on in, say hi to Jeff and Lori. Well, this week, we're, what, 10 days away from the... No, more than that. 14. 14 days away from the... Yeah, today will be day one of the tournament. Yep. Two weeks. From the MWC up on the Cass Lake chain. Mm-hmm. We are going to do some scouting here. I, I'm going to try and get up there this week and do a little scouting. And then next week, I've got two days set aside to scout. Nice. So, yeah, next week, I've got two days, Monday, Tuesday, to scout. So, um, it's not too early to go up there and just look around. Right. Not everything you find or don't find is going to hold true. Shoot, anything you find the day before may not hold true. But, right. Uh, never, never too early to go get familiar. Yeah, at least it makes you feel better. I'm going to try to be discerning in my, like I was thinking about the deep water fish. That is a like pretty typical trend out there. I w- want to try to make a decision about whether or not these deep water fish are big or not. And I don't know if I'll be able to do that, but I feel like I, feel like I will. I, I do that more and more these days on our home waters where, you know, if they're in depths below 15 feet, I feel like I can tell if they're uh, an over 20 or under. Yep. I can't tell the difference between a 14 or a 16 or anything like that. But uh, And I think deep water is a perfect place to be able to do that. Right, You're going to get the whole fish in your cone. You're going to be able to drive it a couple times or like the, the group of fish a couple times and see them over and over again. That would be a nice thing to, to be able to do. So that's what I'm going to work on with some of the scouting. Because we the, we want big fish, right? Out of the, big fish are coming out of deep water. Probably, probably. Hopefully, we're wrong, but we're fortunate we'll be wrong. Right. Uh, lucky. We'd yeah. be lucky to be wrong about that. And all I'm gonna, all I'm planning on doing up there is driving, burning gas, driving around. Maybe have a jig wrap on. Sure. Maybe have a half dozen minnows, but I'm just gonna drive till I see something worthwhile, I guess. Mm-hmm. And maybe try to catch one. Right. And it's a it's a chain of lakes fishing tournament, you know. So the the low water thing is gonna may play a big role in that. Yeah, we don't know for sure, but yeah. Well, I'm gonna yeah. That's gonna be my biggest <laughs> my biggest scouting point is seeing if we can get into these different lakes. Right. And there's a few of them. There's a few of them. Yep. So we'll 
go play around and I'll play around and see if I can get into these lakes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In general, I pre-fishing for tournaments can be like not very much fun. It is. I'm usually very excited to go do it and then remember pretty quickly like, oh, this is a bunch of work mm-hmm. without very much of the fun part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like almost always should just keep driving. It's like rarely the right decision to stop and go fishing. Yeah. And so you have to constantly be telling yourself to like not pick up a fishing rod. Which is hard when, like, the whole point is to catch the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> and yeah, you got to take the days you can get, especially, like, with our schedule. Like, if it's going to be crummy weather, even well, even worse for scouting. Like, yeah, because you, you just want to beat on them. Well, that and you, like, it's, it's, it makes the looking a lot less enjoyable. And... You don't really care if they bite or not on the pre-fishing days, right? You're just I always to... care if they bite. I want them to always bite. Well, I want to see what they are. Sure. Me, I'm just a dumb fisherman. I'm going to think, if I don't try, I'm, I'm going to be is... driving over whitefish thinking they're walleyes. Okay. That, you're right. I mean, you do want to, like, know what they are, but you, it's nice to have, like, a nice, comfortable day to be scanning. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is hard when the wind is ripping. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not a super busy. I'm going to be on leech a couple days and... Uh, I think I'm on woman one day. What but he's saying is if you're trying to get a trip this week, like, don't assume that we're booked. I've got, like, I'm wide open. Come on come on up. I'd love to take you fishing. Sure. Great time of year to be up here. It is. Have you seen the weather? 70 every day. Mm-hmm. This is what it's... 50, 70. 50, 70. Perfect. Perfect. The water Perfect. temps are going to be, like, 67 degrees. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Gonna be nice. Gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Glorious. One last reminder: it's more so to myself than anybody. Gonna be busy on the lakes this weekend, mm-hmm. and like fishermen busy. I think we should all cut each other a little bit of slack. Should probably tolerate having a couple boats around you. Never a bad idea to just say, "Hey, how are you?" to the boat as you're passing. Usually relieves some tension about sharing the spot, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know try to figure out, try to cordially figure out how to have a couple boats fish a spot. And if you are one of the guys who is just rolling in and you like to have your radio on loud, don't. Don't. <laughs> is this specifically for Carl Swanson? It is for, it is for Carl. <laughs> I know Carl loves to have his music learned. Carl, just tone her down, especially if I'm around. This surprised me. Jens is a radio guy. Really? Yeah. Likes radio on. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I, I start singing. I'll sing. Sure. I'm not a, I'm not a radio guy. Yeah. You got a voice like mine. Why do you need it? <laughs> you don't need it. Don't need it. <laughs> Any but, other housekeeping things we got that we forgot about? Uh, I need to put new tires on my trailer. Good thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Found that out yesterday. <laughs> so, going to get some new tires put on. Good. <laughs> All right, we'll see you out there folks. Good luck. Have a good weekend and uh we'll hear from you how you did.